Well, good morning. What do you think about that 65 degrees outside, huh? I'm telling you, yeah, for a Miami boy, that, that's like heaven. I mean, that's just awesome. I know we'll have to wait another month before it happens again. But that was sure nice. I wish it lasted a little longer. Well, we're continuing our study in the, in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs was largely written by a guy by the name of King Solomon. He wrote about 3,000 Proverbs, and many of them recorded for us. And uh, a proverb is a divine principle to help us rule and govern our lives. That's what a proverb is. That's a divine principle, something given by God to help us rule and govern our lives. Now, I'd like to begin this morning with this thought. How many of us at times are guilty of someday thinking? Now, you don't have to raise your hand. Just, just think about it. Someday thinking. You know, someday I'll do it. Someday I'll get that done. Someday I'll clean out that garage. Someday I'll clean out those closets. Someday I'll marry that girl. Come on, guys, you know. Someday I'll get that job. Someday I'll go back to school. Someday I'll get organized. Someday I'll start saving for the future. Someday I'll start tithing to my church. Someday I'll get out of this fishbowl, right? This, this fishbowl of indecision, someday. Now, there's seven days in a week, and someday is not one of them. But at times, if we're honest, I think we're all kind of guilty of this someday thinking. And if we're not careful, we'll buy into this thinking, and we'll get stuck. We'll get stuck on the island of indecision. We'll get stuck on the fence of avoidance or conflict avoidance. We'll get stuck on the couch of laziness or the couch of football, whichever one you want to call it. Our someday thinking begins to immobilize us, and we find ourselves stuck, trapped. Trapped in our pain, trapped in our problems, trapped in our fears, trapped in our circumstances, trapped in our thinking. And maybe this morning, if you're honest, you're kind of trapped, stuck. Maybe life hasn't treated you well. Maybe life's been pretty hard and tough. Maybe things have been a little unfair. Maybe you are married to a real loser. Now, don't look at them, okay? Don't look at them. Um, you know, maybe you haven't had the best of childhoods, you know, and, and maybe now you're just, you just, you kind of know it, you're kind of stuck. You're stuck. You're not getting any attraction in life. Now, others of us, we kind of buy into this, I think it's a lie, that if we don't rock the boat, things will eventually get better, right? And then what we kind of believe to our, kind of tell ourselves, you hear my chair popping? I don't know if it's a good sign or a bad sign. Um, but, um, you know, we kind of believe this lie that things will, just don't rock the boat, you know, just don't rock. Someday it'll get better. Someday, eventually it'll get better, and it, and it never does, right? But we keep thinking someday, someday my ship will come in. Someday I'll eventually drift into a better set of circumstances. Someday someone will offer me that new great job. Someday someone new's going to float into my life, and then I'm going to live happily ever after. Someday I'm going to win the lottery and all my problems are going to be gone. But that's just not the way life usually works, is it? Life left to itself always 
drifts where? South. It's the second law of thermodynamics. Life, the universe left to itself. It's always self-destructing. It's drifting south. And same thing in our relationships in life. Life left to itself always drifts where? South. Say it with me. Life left to itself always drifts south. Now, the book of Proverbs, Solomon, he has a word for someday thinkers. He has a phrase that we find this phrase used throughout the book of Proverbs, like the word fool and like the word wise. Another phrase we find throughout the book, and we're going to be studying that this morning. We find it over here in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. Solomon says this, The sluggard craves, that's the word by the way, not a very nice word, but Solomon calls us someday thinkers, he calls us sluggards. He said the sluggard craves and gets, what's the word? Nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Now, what is a sluggard? What's a slug? A slug is a, a slimy, yeah, snail-like creature that has no what? No shell. It's part of the animal group called gastropods, which means belly feet. It refers to a slug that slides on its belly, and when it moves forward, it leaves behind it a trail of what? Slime. I'm sorry, but that's what a slug does. Gastropods, slime. Now, the Bible sometimes uses very, very strong graphic word pictures to warn us, to try to get our attention, to try to help us realize how dangerous certain paths and certain behaviors and certain ways of thinking can be to our life and why our lives are not working well. So Solomon is really asking here, do you want to spend your life creeping around on your belly, leaving a trail of slime wherever you go? Then hold on to your someday thinking because the sluggard craves. You get that? The sluggard craves. Someday, he craves. Someday, someday my ship's going to come in. Someday I'm going to get it done. It craves and gets nothing. But the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. You see, the indecisive person wants much, but gets little. The lazy person wants much, but gets little. See, with someday in your life, life can be very hard, and you're not moving forward. We're stuck like a slug on our bellies. That's what Solomon's saying here. Someday thinking plays havoc with our future. It kills our productivity. It causes procrastination. It brings our goals to a standstill. And we become a, say it with me, slug. Aren't you glad you came to church? Now, I also find it very interesting that a slug sleeps all during the day. It only comes out if it's really dark outside and if it rains a lot. I don't know why that is. Some of you can Google it and tell me afterwards, you know, if it can slide faster or something. I don't know. But a sluggard slumbers and sleeps during the day. And Solomon was aware of this. And in Proverbs chapter 6, which is our reading for tomorrow, he says this in verse 9. He says, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? Can't you just see Solomon, you know, saying this? How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? Now, 
how many of you like sleeping in? Just asking, okay. You know, how long will you lie there? How, how many of you like taking a Sunday afternoon nap? Just, just, just asking, you know, how long you'll lie there. All right. Uh, how many of you have a teenager? You know, how long you lie there, you slugger? How many have a spouse that enjoys watching football all day long on the couch? You know? How many of you never coming back to church again? Just, just asking. See, if we're not careful, this someday thinking will rob us of the energy and the enthusiasm to get something done today. There's no someday on your calendar. You only have today. And some of you are waiting and waiting and waiting for your life to begin. So Solomon warns us lots of people are in danger of becoming a slug, a sluggard. And he warns us throughout his book. He kind of shares with us kind of some of the stages of someday thinking. Some of the stages of becoming a sluggard. Stage number one is this. We postpone responsibilities. Solomon continues in chapter 6, verse 10. He says, a nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty. Your permanent house guest, laziness, slothfulness begins with us postponing our responsibilities. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. I mean, what's the hurry, honey? What's the hurry? I'll do it when I, when I feel like it. Sluggards tend to procrastinate. I'll cut the grass tomorrow. It's still a little wet today. You know, I'll do my homework later and then we never do our homework you know i'll clean up the house after i first watch bachelorette and then we never clean up the house you know it's so easy to fall in this trap of postponing my responsibilities and taking the path of least resistance of giving into the temptation to take the easy path the easy way the lazy path the bible says lazy people are soon poor Hard workers get what? Get rich. Now get this. Look at this next part. A wise youth works hard all summer. There's a Bible verse for you for every teenager, why they need a summer job. Write it down. Put it on the refrigerator, you know, wherever they go. A wise youth works hard all summer. A youth who sleeps away the hour opportunity brings, what's the word? Shame. How do you, before we pick on the kids, uh, how do you respond to opportunity? When opportunity knocks at your door, do you, do you sleep it away? Do you postpone it? Do you say, well, someday I'll look into that. Someday I'll take care of that. Someday I'll get after that. Or, or do you take the initiative? Do you seize it? Do you do it now? Do you make it happen? You see, when we ignore opportunity, we bring shame, it says, upon ourselves. And as parents... We bring shame upon ourselves when we do everything for our kids. And in the process, we make them lazy. Now, I know we call it love, and, and I know it's coming from a loving heart. I, I'm not questioning that, you know, but sometimes, to use psychology terms, we quote love too much, which simply means we're, we're growing up sluggards. 
we're, we're doing too much for our kids. And I've shared with you before, I've had a chance to meet with different uh, presidents of different universities, and they've all shared the same thing. They said the best thing a parent can do for the kids to prepare them for college is make them get a job. Kids that have a job before they go away to the university, they do better. They are less likely to drop out. They can handle the stress and pressure because they've had a job. So work does the body good. Say it with me. Work, not milk, work does the body good. Work does the body good. It's good for us. Now parents and grandparents, I'm getting ready to be one of those, we need to kind of make it our practice, especially when our kids are young. We need to really work hard to tell our kids, do it now. That's what Solomon would say. Do it now. Say it with me. Do it now. Come on. Do it now. Don't procrastinate. Do it now. So let's practice. Let's practice right now. I can tell. Some of you, we need a little practice here. Uh, all parents and grandparents or grandparents-to-be, let's uh, repeat this with me. Can you? All right. We're going to repeat this together. Number one, you ready? Do your homework now. All right. Very good. Make your bed now. I can't hear you. All right. You ready? Set the... I got to get it up there. I, I kind of messed him up up there, Jeff. Sorry about that. You ready? Number three. Say it together. Set the table now. Number four. Turn off the TV now. And let's add another one. Do your homework now. Man, it's hard to do that as a parent, isn't it? Say it nicely. Say it firmly. But say it often. Say it well. Do it now. Demand promptness, responsible action from your children. And you know what? When they get older, they'll thank you for it. My parents demanded it, and I'm so grateful now. Now, now growing up, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Your kids aren't going to like it either. They're going to fight you every step of the way. But when they get older, they won't bring shame to themselves, and they'll have a great work ethic, and they won't bring shame to you. Do it now. Do it now. So what's the first stage of, 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 of someday thinking? First one is postponing responsibility, right? Stage two, we make excuses. We make excuses. Proverbs twenty-two thirteen says, the lazy person is full of, what's the word? Circle it. Full of excuses. Saying, man, if I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. We are all so good at making excuses from the dog ate my homework to, you know, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. The truth is, there are always going to be lions in the streets. There's always going to be obstacles in our way. There's always going to be difficulties and challenges in our lives. And we can run and hide and live in fear of the lions. Or we can join the safari and kill the lions. Whenever you find yourself making excuses for your lack of performance, for your lack of follow-through, stop yourself and say, I don't want to go down this path of making excuses for my poor performance. I don't want to go down this path of becoming a sluggard, a someday thinking person. George Washington Carver said, 99% of all failures come from people who develop a, the ha a habit of making excuses. 
See, that's the problem with someday thinking. We begin to develop this routine, this habit of making excuses for why we can't get something done today. We postpone responsibilities, we make excuses, and then stage number three, we blame somebody else, right? We blame others. Proverbs 19.3, people ruin their lives by their own... We don't want to say that in church, it's okay. People ruin their lives by their own what? Stupidity. So why does God, Solomon asked, always get blamed? See, someday thinkers are always blaming everybody else, blaming God, blaming everybody else for their problems. It's always somebody else's fault that they didn't get their, their responsibility done. And rather than taking ownership of our issue, and by the way, we all have our issues. We all have issues. But rather than taking responsibility, we cast blame. And then our life, the Bible says, spiral downward. Proverbs 15.9 says, a lazy person has trouble, get this, all through life. Solomon said, Proverbs 24, I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns, and the ground was covered with, with needles, and its stone wall was broken down. Solomon is trying to warn us, the consequences of someday thinking can be huge. Mark Twain said, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So how can I, how can you become a more proactive person? How can you learn and develop and learn to take the initiative more in life? How can I change my someday thinking to today? Number one, I take responsibility for my life. Proverbs 28, 13 says, A man who refuses to, what's the word? Admit his mistake can never be successful. But if he does what? Confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Now, I know some of you right about now, you might be thinking, well, Dr. Ray, you just, you, you, you really don't understand. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the loss I suffered. You don't know how unfairly I'm being treated in my job. You don't know how bad my upbringing was and you don't know how difficult it is to be living with this person and, and you don't know about my dreams that never will be fulfilled and you don't know how much I've suffered and how much I've lost and you don't know my problems and you don't know my pain and you know what, you're right. I don't know and nobody knows but God knows. Nobody knows the unseen scars, the wounds, hurts, and disappointments that mark my heart or mark your heart. Nobody knows, but I do know this. My pain and problems don't go away until I take some responsibility for them. And your pain and your problems are not going to go away until you take some responsibility for them. A man or a woman who refuses to admit his mistake can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets, she gets another chance. You got to take responsibility. Own your part of your problem. You see, there are three kinds of people in this world. You got accusers, excusers, and choosers. Which one are you? 
accusers. They're blaming everybody else. Their favorite phrase is, it's your fault. It's your fault. They love to pass the buck. And then you have excusers. You know, they have an excuse for everything. They, they love to justify their failures with rationalizations. You know, they, they accuse and excuse. And then you have choosers. They take responsibility. They take ownership of their part in every problem. You see, we can't change until we accept responsibility and ask God for help. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. The Apostle John put it this way, 1 John 1, 9, he says, But if we, what's the word? Confess our sins to him. Who's the him? To God. If we confess our sins to God, he, God, is faithful, and he, God, is just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. 